Once there was a time when all the elements of earth, sea, and sky lived on the land together in many, many villages. Many years ago, back in the old country, there lived a holy, sweet couple who loved each other so very much. A long time ago, in a village, somewhere in Tamil Nadu, there lived a monkey. There was once a man, tall and handsome, who met a, a woman, beautiful and elegant, and they fell in love with each other. Once upon a time, and welcome to season two of the Story Story podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Ann Harding, and I have some stories for you. As always, this is a podcast to hear traditional stories told by some of the best storytellers in the world. It will take you to long ago and far away and will bring you back safely. Time has passed, and the year has turned over into another. It happens that way in stories and in real life. I was working on my yearly review this past week, thinking about some of the things that I had done in the last year. One of my adventures included a hot air balloon ride. It's a wonderful experience to be drifting above the ground, gliding after your own shadow. Most of the ride is so quiet. The soft wind and conversation. Birds giving small chirps as they say hello from right beside the basket. Then there's a rough roar like a dragon breathing fire as the pilot turns on the gas to keep the huge, colorful balloon in the sky. The heat from the flame on the back of my head and neck with fierce noise and then silence and drifting. Now I have flown and love flying in airplanes, but this was another experience entirely. There was only a few inches of wicker basket between me and the ground so far below. There was only fabric filled with hot air to keep me suspended. The following stories are about suspending what we might think we know about classic stories and characters. The first story I have for you delighted me absolutely when I heard it. I listened to it over and over as Ingrid Nixon, a storyteller who has traveled the world and told so many stories, deliciously gives us another look at the classic story Hansel and Gretel. It is from her CD, Grimm's with a Twist. Blame the witch. Witch, their word, not mine. I was just a single gal trying to make a living in the deep, dark forest. Now, you need to know, I am coming to you from the beyond. Yes, I did burn up when that little scamp pushed me in the oven. But you also need to know that I did not go looking for Hansel and Gretel. No, Hansel and Gretel came to me. I was in my home, minding my own business, when all of a sudden, someone or something began to do damage to my dwelling. Now, this happens when you live in a gingerbread house. So, I did the usual. I went stomping out, nibble, nibble, little mouse, who is nibbling on my children. There they were, Hansel and Gretel. Cute. A little thin. They had ripped off a chunk of my gingerbread paneling and one of my candy cane drain pipes, and they were stuffing them in their mouths. I let them eat, and slowly their story came out. They were children of a woodcutter. Their mother died, so their father went to the village, came back with another wife. 
their stepmother. Oh, and everything was fine until the family fell on hard times. There wasn't enough to eat. And that is when the stepmother got the idea that the whole family should go hunting together in the forest. The whole family, (laughs) even the little children. So they went traipsing off into the woods. They marched all day. And at the end of the day, the parents built a large roaring fire. Oh, it was warm. And Hansel and Gretel, I mean, they were just two little children. They were tired. They fell asleep. And when they woke up, the fire had burned to embers, and their parents were gone. Now, the children were convinced that their parents had been ripped apart by wild animals. (laughs) Oh, come on. I mean, it's so obvious. Abandonment! (laughs) They'd been wandering in the forest for days before they finally made it to my house. Now, as they are telling me this, they are stuffing gingerbread into their mouths. They are chewing with their mouths open. They are talking with their mouths full. Honestly, did no one teach these children manners? I looked down at that little Hansel. He was just like, I thought, oh, piggy, piggy, piggy. And you know how I like pork. (laughs) So I decided to eat them. But why gnaw on a bony little chicken wing? When, with a little patience, you can have a nice, fat hen. So I said, children, would you like to play a game? And the children said, yes. I said, oh, this is a game I love to play. I call it Prisoner. Okay, I didn't have a whole lot of time to think of the title. But the children said, yes. So I said, okay, well, we will take one of you. Hansel, we will take you around to the back of my cottage and I am going to lock you away in a shed. And I am going to pretend like I want to starve you to death. But that's not going to happen because Gretel and I are going to go into the kitchen and we are going to bake all sorts of delicious foods and then she is going to smuggle them out to you and the two of you can gobble them up. Doesn't that sound like fun? And the children said, yes. So, We went around to the back of my cottage. Hansel, of his own free will, went into that shed. I locked the door. And then Gretel and I went into the kitchen, and we began to bake. Oh, we made cookies and cakes and pies. Oh, I let her lick the beaters. I let her eat as much raw cookie dough as she wanted. And then when we had a nice big pile of things, I turned my back to and she smuggled them out to Hansel and the two of them just gobbled them up. Well, the next day, as I did every day after, I went out and I said, Hansel, prisoner, show me your finger. I want to make sure you are starving to death. And that little Hansel, he stuck his finger through a knot hole and I squeezed it. I could hear him giggling on the other side of the wall. But as I squeezed that finger, I said, oh, my, it does appear to be much thinner. You are indeed starving to death. But in truth, every day when I squeezed that finger, it was just a little more plump. I think I know when things started to go wrong. You see, I started to plan the menu and I was trying to figure out what kind of sauce goes with boy. You know, 
cheese sauce, pesto, tomato sauce, barbecue. So without even thinking, I said, Gretel, what kind of sauce goes with boy? And that girl, so clever. Now that I think about it, she did this little, (gasps) but then she kept talking and she said, Whenever my stepmother makes boy, she just uses a little bit of olive oil and sea salt. (laughs) Simplicity! But now that I think about it, every day after that, when I went out to squeeze Hansel's finger, it ceased to get plump. In fact, it got quite bony, almost like a twig. Well, no matter. The day came when I had, you know, one of those cravings. I just had to have some boy, you know, the other white meat. And so I said, Gretel, fire up the oven. And she said, well, what are we baking today? And I said, oh, we're not going to bake. Today, we're going to have a roast. And that girl, she's so clever. She put two and two together. And she knew. But I didn't know she knew. I, I Now I know she knew. Oh, if I knew then what I know now. Well, the recipe said, never put a boy in the oven until it gets to be about 400 degrees. So I said, Gretel, check the thermometer in the back of the oven. And that girl, so clever. She opened the door of the oven, looked in the back and said, oh, I can't read it. And so that is when I shoved her out of the way. I stuck my head in the oven. And that is when I felt a push from behind. I flew into that oven. I I hit my head on the far side. And then the door slammed shut. And I knew my goose was cooked. That is when I began my transition to the beyond. And I'd like to think that I did it with sizzle. But it was from the beyond I saw how Gretel ran around to the back of my cottage. She released Hansel from the shed. And then the two of them ran back into my home. They ran upstairs and they they ransacked the place. I mean, they they found my jewels, my diamonds, my emeralds, my rubies. And then they, they took my little travel bag. Oh, I love that bag. And they stuffed all my valuables in that. Then they went down into the kitchen. They took all sorts of delicious foods. And then the two of them struck out through the deep, dark forest home. And they made it. And of course, when they got home, their father, the woodcutter, he was so happy to see them, as was his stepmother, once she saw how much loot they were dragging behind them. And then, of course, there was that whole media frenzy. Oh, and then the book. Oh, that book. How many weeks was that on the bestseller list? And then the movie. So I'm sure all of you out there know about Hansel and Gretel, the two little children who killed the Wicked Witch by burning her up in the oven. Yeah, go ahead. Blame the witch. I was going to eat them. And if that makes me evil, so be it. But help me here. Uh, What is the word? Oh, there must be a word. What is the word that can be used to describe two parents 
who lead their dear, sweet, innocent children into the deep, dark forest and abandon them to their fate. With the rise in awareness of food allergies, parents have become more discerning about what they feed their children. And children, in turn, are learning to ask if something is nut-free or gluten-free. Gluten-Free Gingerbread Houses is here to make the holiday season bright for families and witches around the world. From small kits you can decorate at home to full-size houses to tempt children who have wandered in the woods but won't touch gluten products. Gluten-Free Gingerbread Houses wants all children to enjoy a classic sweet treat, either around the holidays or after being abandoned by their parent. Gluten-Free Gingerbread Houses, for the discerning parent and witch in all of us. In order to go on a hot air balloon ride, I had to get up very early, before the streets were busy with cars, and drive to an address in the country. There across the dew-damp field lay the huge colorful balloons, so still and limp, as if sleeping. As the fire breathed into them, they slowly began to ripple and sigh and inflate. Shifting to half-inflated and rolling from side to side, the globes finally drifted off the ground and obediently settled above the baskets. It takes time for balloons to wake up. Milbury Birch tells the next story, which was written by Jane Yolen, and is all about sleeping and princesses. This is Sleeping Ugly. Miserella was a beautiful princess, if you looked at what you could see on the outside. But inside, where it's hard to see, she was mean and nasty and the most worthless princess around. And she loved to lie. Her favorite pastime was stepping on the dog's tail. She very much liked to kick the cat. And she enjoyed throwing pies in the cook's face. In the same kingdom, deep in the middle of the woods, in a dreary little cottage, there lived an orphan whose name was Jane. Plain Jane. Her nose was long and it turned up. Her hair was short and it turned down. And even if the two had been switched, she would not have been a great beauty. Still, she was kind and she loved animals and they loved her and even the butterfly called her a friend. One day, Miserella left the castle in a huff. I hate it when you tell me what to do! I'm going to run away and I'm never coming back! Humph! A huff is a kind of temper tantrum that happened to be Miserella's specialty, and so she jumped onto her horse and began to ride. And as she rode, she pouted, and that made her look even more beautiful. She rode for so long that her hair became tangled, and she looked lovely. She rode for so long that she found herself in the middle of the deep dark woods, and she did not know her way home. So she got off her horse, and she gave it a slap for getting her lost. And the horse ran home alone, because it knew the way. Now there was nothing for her to do but storm through the woods, trampling wildflowers, making faces at the animals. Stupid rabbit! When she came across a little old lady asleep on the ground.
Most of us know that if you find a little old lady asleep on the ground in the middle of the deep dark woods, she's probably a fairy in disguise. Well, Miserella knew that too, but she didn't care. She kicked that woman on the soles of both her feet. Wake up and take me home this instant! Oh! Well, the old lady did wake up, and she was indeed a fairy. She took one look at Miserella and knew exactly what kind of princess she was. Hmm. So she took her by the hand, and together they walked through the woods. Now the only problem was that the fairy was also lost. So all they did was walk in one big circle, until at last they came to a dreary little cottage. It was Plain Jane's cottage, and she had made the most of it. She planted rose bushes on the sides, and in between the flowers and the thorns, beautiful birds sang sweet songs. This isn't my house, said Miserella. Well, it's not mine either, said the fairy. But she took out her wand and... Bling! The door opened, and there stood Plain Jane. This is my house, she said. So they went inside. And when they got there, Miserella said... Listen, honey, if you can get me home, I think I could work out some kind of reward for you. Uh, you could be my chambermaid or something. Doesn't sound like much of a reward to me, said the fairy. Tell you what, if you get us both home, I think I could squeeze out a wish or two. Now this made Miserella angry because no one had offered her any wishes at all, and she said, Hey, make it three wishes and I'll get us home. My home is your home said Plain Jane. I like your manners, said the fairy. I'll make it three wishes. What do you say? Well, this made Miserella stamp. Tell you what, young lady, said the fairy. If you stamp your foot again, I will have to turn it into stone. You see, you're beginning to get on my nerves. Just to be mean, Miserella stamp, stamp, stamped again. Oh, my foot! For my first wish, said Plain Jane, I want you to make her stone foot back into a foot foot again, please. Oh, said the fairy, I like your manners, but I don't care for your taste much. My foot just fell asleep, said Miserella. You remember that she loved to lie. You know, that was a stupid way to waste a wish. Oh, said the fairy, never call anyone stupid unless you know them very, very well or are related to them. Stupid, stupid, stupid. I warned you, young lady, if you say that nasty word again, I will make toads jump out of your mouth. Hmm. Stupid. Gribbit. Now it happened that Plain Jane loved toads. Oh, can he stay here? As happy as I am to have a new friend, for my second wish, I want you to make toads stop jumping out of her mouth, please. Oh, said the fairy. Nothing came out of Miserella's mouth except her tongue, which she pointed at the fairy. Mm. And then she grabbed Plain Jane by the arm and began to drag the girl toward the door, saying... On, honey, we're getting out of here. Well, the fairy was most upset. She ran in circles, saying, Gently, gently, you must be gentle with magic, or none of us are going anywhere. I don't give a hoot where you're going to, y'all buzzard, said Miserella. I'm only interested in where I'm going to. Ooh, I know exactly. 
exactly where you're going to, young lady. You are going to sleep. And the fairy was so upset that she forgot to be gentle. And as she cast her spell, she struck her wand against the wall. And the wand broke. And the wall broke. And the spell broke. And before plain Jane had a chance to utter her third wish, all three of them were fast asleep. Now this was the kind of spell that it takes a prince and a kiss to break. But because the cottage was so deep in the middle of the woods, no princes ever came by. The few that did never even tried the door. And so, one hundred years passed. And in that time, there were six new kings, three wars, a plague, a continent was discovered, and the sewing machine was invented. Until one day, a prince, whose name was Jojo, was walking through the forest. Now Jojo was a fine young man, but he was the youngest son of a youngest son, and so, even though he was a prince, he had no jewels or property to speak of, and as he stood in the woods, a storm cloud burst overhead. He saw the cottage, he stepped through the wall, and he saw three women lying on the ground, held down by cobwebs. One of them was a beautiful princess. Now, Jojo was the kind of prince who reads a lot, and he knew exactly what to do. But being the youngest son of a youngest son, he had never kissed anyone before, except his mother, who didn't count, and his father, who had a beard. So he thought he'd better practice. He went over to the fairy, and he leaned down and kissed her on the nose. And that was quite nice, because she smelled like cinnamon. And then he walked over to plain Jane. And he kissed her on the lips. And that was wonderful because she smelled like wildflowers. And then he walked over to the princess. But in that moment, the fairy woke up. And plain Jane woke up. She saw the prince. She remembered the kiss as if it had been in a dream. She remembered that he had smelled like fresh mint. She remembered that she still had one wish left. I wish that he would love me. Good wish, said the fairy. She picked up the pieces of her wand and... Jojo was standing over Miserella. She was having a bad dream and enjoying it. Even frowning, she looked beautiful. But in that moment... Jojo knew exactly what kind of princess she was, for he had three cousins just like her. Beautiful on the outside, but ugly within. Then he turned and saw Jane. I love you! And so Jane and Jojo were married, and they lived happily ever after. Together they rebuilt the wall, and they built a cottage next door for the fairy to live in. And they kept the sleeping princess as a conversation piece, Whenever they had company, they'd stand her up in the corner and let her hold the hats and the cloaks. But they never let anyone kiss her awake, not even their children 
who numbered three. Moral Let sleeping princesses lie, or lying princesses sleep, whichever seems wisest. Thank you for listening to the Story Story Podcast. Show notes and more information about the storytellers you heard today can be found at storystorypodcast.com forward slash episode 13. Show the love. Find Ingrid Nixon and Melbury Birch on Facebook. Tell them you heard them on the podcast and now want to hear them tell more stories. In many fairy tales, the magic number is three, so I have three things for you to do. First, like and rate the show on iTunes. It helps others find the podcast. Two, join the mailing list. You'll get a link to the podcast delivered to your inbox, plus news and other storytelling-related goodness. Three, consider becoming a supporter. For as little as $4 a month, you help support the podcast. And this season, I've wrangled together some incredible storytellers to create story story shorts just for patrons. The short for this episode is by Cassie Cushing, a storyteller from San Francisco who also runs Kaleidoscope Coffee, a coffee shop dedicated to storytelling and caffeinated drinks. She took time out of her busy schedule to record the story story short titled Royal Obligations. If you're interested in that, you can find out how to support us and join the mailing list at storystorypodcast.com. And a huge thank you to our ongoing supporters. If you'd like to stay connected, you can find me, and the podcast on Facebook and Twitter. I post a fake visual ad for every fairy tale sponsor, something that you can't see via podcast. If you end up on the Facebook page or Twitter, let us know what your favorite story is or the favorite stories of your childhood. Who knows? Maybe you'll hear them here soon. Next podcast, I have stories from tellers in the United States and India. Stories about warriors, life and death debates, and chickens. I hope you'll join me again. And until then, live happily ever after. The wedding lasted for seven days. I know. I was there. I would cross 27 countries, wear out three pairs of boots, battle two giants and the grandmother of all witches, Baba Yaga, before I was reunited with my frog princess. But that's a story for another time. The last thing he said before he died was a curse on anyone who would dare to go sing with the fairies. Just because a story is strange, do not mistake. It can also be true.